Hello, and welcome to Shattered Lives Radio, part of the Inside Lens Network. Uh, normally, we we try to focus on shows uh, that involve true crime and how it impacts your life or missing persons and things of that nature. But today, as Lady Justice, I um, myself and Delilah Jones, part of ImaginePublicity.com, are bringing you a very special show um, on um, topics of disability. And um, I believe it was back in February of 2019, we had the pleasure to have B- Billy Price of BillyFootwear.com, based in Seattle, uh, come on our show and introduce us to this very, very unique concept that I think has very wide applicability. So we're very glad to have him back. Um, and we'll be... Um, getting into the meat of the matter in just a minute, but I just want to say, Delilah, thank you so much for fitting me into your busy schedule here. It's nice to be back on the radio with you sharing another show. I know it's been a long time since I've heard that intro music. It's like, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back on I air, know. Donna. Yeah, it certainly is, and especially with, you know, Billy's such a, you know, up be personal guy um you know when you talk to him he makes me feel like i've known him for 20 years um and we're doing this of course because i have an invested interest having spastic cerebral palsy all of my life and um you know always having quote-unquote problem feet and orthopedic issues and especially now as i've gotten older i'm more of a fall risk i i have to use orthopedic braces to to keep my balance up and lo and behold when I first met Billy his his super line of shoes um they started out with with toddlers and children's sizes and we had to wait a little while but now he's in full force with a full line and we're going to explore that as well as some other topics relating not necessarily to shoes but disability as well so Billy, Billy, welcome to Shattered Lives Radio, and we're going to talk about how these shoes make your life not as shattered. <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be on the show. Well, it's it's our pleasure to have you, and I know you are uh, you are a very busy guy, and and um, I have to say that your customer service is is stellar as well. It's so nice to have the founder, co-founder, um, take your customer service needs. And now I have two wonderful pairs and they're very stylish. So for the, the benefit of our audience, if they first show, or maybe they've forgotten, can you give us a little thumbnail sketch in terms of um, how did you, how did you get to this point? Why was there a need? And you know, a little bit about your background and then we can go from there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No problem at all. Um, so the so we're a shoe company. I'm Billy, uh, one of two co-founders. Myself and Darren Donaldson started our company back in. Well, I guess technically we started in 2012, but then we rebranded as Billy Footwear in 2015, and then we really started getting a lot of traction in the marketplace come August of 2017, which was when we hit the shelves of both Nordstrom and Zappos. So uh, the thing about our shoes, I mean, there's lots of different shoe companies out there. The one difference with our shoes is we have a zipper in the shoes, which isn't necessarily original. However, the way we do it is we have the zipper that goes around the outside and then around the toe, which makes, in the unzipped position, it makes the whole upper of the shoe able to fold completely over, 
which then exposes the footbed so you can drop your foot in unobstructed. Because pretty much every other shoe on the market, may it be a sandal, may it be like some sort of boot, may it be some sort of sneaker, they all require you to shove your foot. Like there's stuffing, of stuffing of your foot into a shoe. With our design, it allows the whole upper to fold over so it leaves an unobstructed entry into the shoe, which not only is incredibly functional for a lot of folks that struggle with putting their shoes on, but it really is a fashion statement because there really isn't anything like it on the market. So even there, are you saying then there are other adaptive shoe companies, but this, the way you're positioning the, the contour of the zipper, that's what makes it stand out. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. I mean, there are a lot of, um, so I guess the language you, we use with our brand is more universal design, which is more right. creating something that has adaptive characteristics, but also has the mainstream element. So it's kind of that level playing field. There definitely are other brands out there that are strictly um, medical focused and they have a lot of different entry points and stuff. But typically what happens is with the medical type shoe, it has a medical look to it. It's not something you would yes. see on a major department store's shelves. So we try to combine both, both of those spaces and basically take fashion and function, smash those two together, really in the spirit of inclusion and uh, be able to come up with a design. And that's what we did. Yeah, I think that's great because, you know, you say medical design, I say ugly. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's always been that way for me all of these, um, all of these decades, I guess you could say. And I, I so appreciate that, that you are doing that. And I am familiar with universal design. In fact, I have a, a bathroom shower that is that and I've written several blogs on that so that is the best way to describe it and we should probably should be saying universal design shoes so yeah um with with regard to um how you you met that need you um mm. you had a very serious fall right um in in which you became a quadriplegic and that's what was your that was your need for this is that correct that is correct. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm a wheelchair user. Um, that wasn't always yep. the case when I was a teenager, uh, after I graduated high school, going into college. Um, unfortunately I fell out of a three-story window. And, uh, when that happened, my life basically changed immediately. I mean, my life got really turned upside down and, uh, I went from a very active individual, very active in the outdoors with sports and a lot of like loving to build things with my hands to someone that already to someone that all of a sudden became wheelchair bound and became a quadriplegic. So um, when that happened, I really had to look at life again in a different, through a different lens. And uh, there were a lot of things that I could no longer do and tying shoes is one of those things. So because there really wasn't anything on the market at that time and and I, I guess when I say nothing on the market, it's more nothing on the market that was really going to satisfy my need. Because one, it was the function aspect, but also it had to have a design appeal that, uh, that looked like everybody else. Um, so I gave up. I mean, I really did. I mean, people were putting my shoes on for me for 15 years after I broke my neck. So I broke my neck on, wow. on October 9th, 1996, and yeah. uh, I was 18 years old. And then for the next, you know, literally half a lifetime later, people were tying my shoes for me. 
And then we finally looked at it differently going like, you know what, there's got to be a better way to do this. I mean, there's got to be a solution out there that we can come up with. And it, it, as I said earlier, it's just a matter of putting that zipper in a shoe, which allows the whole upper to fold over. So I pitched that to Darren, who happened to be – Darren and I have been longtime friends ever since grade school. Um, coincidentally, mm-hmm. when I pitched it to him, he happened to be working on a shoe project of his own. So he already had people in line to be able to make a prototype. So with the idea in hand, um, we shared it with those designers, and uh, we got connected with the manufacturer who made – we made one prototype, and sure enough, it looked exactly like the way we drew it. I tried it on, and I was able to take back that independence. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the moment in time was so special that it became a mission to share it with the world. So here we are. Yeah, that must have been incredible because, you know, just think of being an adult and having to ha- ask somebody else to tie your shoes. I mean, it, people – respect and like and love you for whatever your relationship, but it's part of self-esteem to be able to do your self-care, right? No, yeah, absolutely. And I, I couldn't say it better. The thing was, it was a matter of empowering that independence and also just really highlighting mm-hmm. that something that really gets taken for granted. I mean, I never would have thought that tying my shoes or just being able to put my shoes on again independently I never would have thought of how much of a milestone that would be in my life. Because, I mean, when I was in rehab, I mean, I was in rehab for five and a half months. And there were a lot of things Uh that I was working through trying to figure out. And the one piece of the puzzle that I never sorted out was shoes. I mean, I could could get up. I could get out of bed. I could get in my chair. I could get dressed and all other articles of clothing. But it was just the shoes that were the challenge. So to be able to all of a sudden have that no longer be a problem, it really was a special day. Yeah, I I just remember, you know, last year I had a traumatic fall and broke my elbow, my dominant left hand, and I was in a nursing home for over three weeks, the youngest person ever. (laughs) And going through that experience, going through that experience and needing help and all of that, I could just see, you know, like I say, uh, we talked a little bit off air, but personally, you know, when I got connected with you this I was in this for my own personal need but now that you've developed this adult line and I want to touch on a little bit about you know going from the the child to the adult line and why you did it that way and how it was but I'm just I'm just seeing the wide applicability I had two medical appointments this week a podiatrist and a, a rehab a physical therapist and they were like beside themselves so and I'm thinking of you know my mom's in assisted living nursing homes we're dealing with COVID and they have they have you know such few staff in there to be able to get someone's shoes on quickly and get to the next person Billy I mean you you could you could your shoes could be helping out the COVID response right <laughs> oh most definitely yeah most definitely yeah so I, I guess a little bit of history there how we got to where we are um, yeah. When we first launched the brand, we actually started with a Kickstarter campaign. So it was a, we, we started with some sort of revenue-generating um, vehicle to be able to set us up to expand. And when we did okay. our Kickstarter campaign, we did two kids' shoes, two women's shoes, and three men's shoes. And uh, the market responded very, very well for all three demographics. It's just that yeah. when it came time to expand, we had to expand. We, had, we couldn't expand in all three directions at once. We had to choose one route and then build from there. And that's when we made the choice to start with kids, basically build the foundation of the brand around the kids' sizing, which became very successful, which then allowed us to go smaller 
into toddler sizes, but also get bigger in the adult sizes. So it's cool be able, being able to have sizes that, uh, that work for that huge, massive majority. The next step was to go in widths. So we had a lot of requests of, of folks saying, hey, you know, um, I love the shoes. I, I love that the length is right, but I just don't have the width right. Will you come out with wider shoes? And uh, we did. We launched with wider shoes earlier this year, um, and that's been going really, really well. So now it's a matter of continuing to, you know, expand the width category with the adults, but also really exciting is expanding the width category for kids. So something that's really exciting for us is November 1st, we're launching our first set of wider kid shoes and wider toddler shoes. So that's, that's coming up really? in you know, a couple of weeks. So we're really jazzed about that. Now, is that similar to my need in that I have orthotic leg braces and you need that extra room? Therefore, you recommended men's shoes. And to me, these don't, you know, these don't look masculine. They look fine. I mean, is it because the kids may be braced and they need that extra room? That's certainly one example. Um, there's also a lot of people that just have wider feet. And, uh, but, uh, but those that wear braces, you're right. Um, if whether it's an SMO or an AFO or DAFO, I mean, there's so many different acronyms for these braces or just an you know, orthotic right. insert, you know, just like something under the ball of your foot. Um, all of those, typically, you need to have more volume in the shoe. So having a wider shoe, it really becomes the receptacle for that, you know, that exterior device. Um, that you need. So th- there were there were a lot of folks that reached out um, with that request because they were wearing braces, but there were also a lot of folks reaching out saying, you know what, I just have a wider foot. Do you have something for me? Yeah. So that, well, that makes sense. Kind of one one step at a time. And when when moms online, whether it's Kickstarter or wherever, they see something for their kids, they go wild, right? <laughs> oh, they do. They like, definitely do. I oh, mean, my kid needs this. Who doesn't this. want their kids? Right. Yeah. Who doesn't want their kid to be able to get out the door, one, independently, but two, faster? <laughs> so to create, like, something that uh, allows them to, you know, have a victory instead of a struggle, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Well, as I was saying to Delilah, with she being a non-disabled person, although we're similar in age, getting up there in age, Delilah, you said that you, you, you like the look of them too, right? Uh, even not having a disability, they might be something that you or a friend would use, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's always good to have a good-looking sneaker, and no matter what age group you're in, especially, you know, people who are going over the hill, so to speak, it's it gets harder to bend down and tie shoes. Just age does it. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be because you have a disability, but once you, you know, you're getting older, it's a little more difficult to do those things. So, you know, I, I remember 20, 30 years ago and, and my older relatives wearing wearing um, sneakers with Velcro tabs and I, I never thought never thought in a million years that you would get to that point but I, I must say that your shoes look so much better than the Velcro tab shoes that I saw hey you, <laughs> you, you need a pair for yeah, walking you. your dog <laughs> yeah 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I, well, thank I, you. I mean, I think so, Delilah. True. Thank you so. Go much. ahead, Billy. Thank you so much for saying all that, Delilah. I mean, I mean, that really was the the what we wanted to build the foundation, of the brand on. It had to be. It had to be something that was attractive enough that anybody would want to wear. Like one was because it levels the playing field, but secondly, um, we wanted to be able to get into as many department stores as possible, just to be able to get out there and add value to to all the people that come through the doors of those retail partners. Um, and then just get the word of the brand out. But I mean, it's it, it's interesting. We have so many folks that reach out and, ha- and find success in our shoes for so many different reasons. I mean, the the lo- the ones that I guess would make more sense would be someone that has that really needs the function. But I mean, the convenience factor is just unmatched. So there's a lot of people that just don't want to tie their shoes, right? Or um, or it's something where, like, for example, here's one, like someone saying, you know, I come home, I want to be able to, or if I'm going to go out to get the garbage or something like that, or drop it off, I want to be able to go right to the door and jump in a pair of shoes immediately, go out there, do what I need to do and come back. Just like very in and out kind of thing. And it's like, well, shoot. Yeah. Like just unzip the shoe, step in and you're on the go in two seconds. So that type of convenience factor plus zippers being trendy, um, and intuitive for someone that, um, you know, my kid, who's two years old, he's already able to put his shoes on just because the zippers are intuitive. Wow. So it's just it's just oh, really fun cool. how it's, the small little projects blossom into something much bigger. Yeah. Can you can you talk a little bit about the fashion side of it? When I looked and I scrolled, there's so many different styles. Tell us about what, if people aren't familiar, if they think, oh, maybe they have like three colors. But you you've got a big variety there in terms of fashion, don't you? We do, yeah. Definitely lots of colors, definitely lots of different materials. Um, we do have the core colors, which are the more like the black and the brown and the blue and the red. We definitely have those. Um, but we also have a lot of stylish prints. I mean, there's a, there's a tie-dye, a kid's tie-dye shoe that's been extremely popular. Um, a lot of pink, like pink prints, those have been really popular. Um, oftentimes what happens is the adults see these fun kids' shoes and these kids' colors, and then they want to have the same kids' colors up in the adult sizing as well. So that's, that's something that we have. Um, we've definitely taken note of that. We're not there yet, but uh, we're definitely going to start having more, you know, flashy um, prints for adults too. We just, we just need a little more time to get there. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. So do, um, do you have um, uh, a, a particular story that sticks in your mind with regard to um, what a positive impact, I mean, I'm sure you have many of them, and I, I, I'm one of them, but tell us <laughs> tell us something that sticks in your mind with regard to this really made all the difference in terms of function for this particular person, someone that reached out and said, oh, my God, you're, you're a lifesaver. Is there any one story that sticks out in, in all the time that you've been manufacturing them? Yeah. Well, boy, thank you for that. I mean, that's an awesome question. Um so I'll start really big, and then I'll kind of nail down to two stories that always warmed my heart because they're ones that happened really early in the game for us. Um, but uh-huh. first, the big picture. I mean, when someone orders from our site, which is billyfootwear.com, when someone orders from us, um, they have the opportunity to leave a comment. You know, we send them a, a review um, about two weeks later after they get their shoes. And uh, these reviews that are coming in, typically they're not just one sentence or a few words. Typically, there's a lot of writing, and uh, oftentimes when you're reading the writing, um, 
it, sometimes you can really just feel the tears in between the lines of some sort of life that was transformed because they're able to do something they were no longer able to do. So in my case, I mean, I couldn't put my shoes on. All of a sudden, I could. Um, we have a number of examples that kids, um, our shoes are the first shoes they've, been, they've ever been able to put on independently um, or just, I don't know, just, just lots of different reasons. And it's, and it's fun to be able to empower the parent who's then empowering their child. So, so that's really cool. Um, but the yeah. two stories that the two stories I always fall back on because they have been really early in the game for us was um, one was very fashion focused and one was very function focused. And the reason I bring mm-hmm. these two up is because when we entered into the marketplace, it was very important for us to be able to satisfy both of these worlds. And we actually received a lot of pushback going like, you know what, you can't do both fashion. You can't do both function. You have to focus on one and, uh, and run with it. And we, we challenged that you thinking put- Mm-hmm. basically asking why, like, why, why, why can't we do both? Because that was really the premise of universal design. So the stories, um, the one that I would talk about on the fashion side was when we were on the shelves of Nordstrom. And I remember we were in the flagship Nordstrom store in Seattle because we're from Seattle. And uh, I went down to the store to actually see the shoes on the shelf. And there they were, clear as day right on the shelf and I, I was looking at the shoes and going oh my gosh it took so much effort for this to happen and uh, the parent a parent came over and while I'm looking at the shoe the parent came over and grabbed the shoe off the shelf and she went to have it um, presented to her two kids who were trying shoes on for school and my jaw just hit the floor because one I was looking at our shoe going wow that's incredible and then all of a sudden to see somebody actually touch it and take it away my mind was just blown it was just incredible so I sat back mm-hmm. and kind of watched the whole interaction and see what happened. Well, I, ten, 10 minutes later, both of her kids, you know, brother and sister, came walking out wearing the same style of shoe, our gray jersey high top. And I had well, to stop now, them and I said, you know what? Have a disability? None of them had disabilities. Um, they were just, uh-huh. I guess what you'd stereotype is just normal kids. Normal kids. And uh, they, both came, <laughs> they, both came, they both came walking out, and I had to stop them. And I said, oh, my gosh, like, this is incredible. Like, I'm Billy. That's Billy Footwear. I mean, that's my brand. Um, this is just such a special moment for me. And the mom said, you know, the reason I bought these shoes for my kids, because there were lots of different shoes they could have chosen from. And uh, the mom said, the reason I bought these for my kids is because these are the shoes my kids wanted to wear which told me from the fashion side that we could compete with the big boys, with the Vans, the Nike, the, the Adidas and such. That, that was really, really neat. But on the function side, that same week, um, there was a, a young man that reached out, actually his mom reached out, and uh, his name is Matayo, and Matayo has brittle bones disease. And at the age of 8 years old, 10 years old, he had already broken like 50 to 75 bones. It was just just, oh, man, it just, yeah. it just blows my mind. Um, and he wears braces, and our shoes were the first shoes he was able to, one, put on by himself, but two, more importantly, be able to put on and not be in pain. So you have this story against the backdrop of function, and you have this also story on the backdrop of fashion, and both, all the kids are using the exact same shoe. And that was a testimony to us to say that, you know what, we are on the right path of universal design. We are on the right path to be able to satisfy both fashion and function, and we just got to keep moving forward. 
yeah, you're you're the best of both worlds, and 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 to take nothing away from you and your co-founder, but why didn't anybody do this before you? Were they just <laughs> not smart <laughs> like you? You know, I, yeah, you know that's a great question. I I we have no idea. We kind of scratch our heads. I think um, I think maybe I think the idea could have been out there. To no yeah. one just took the initiative initiative to run with it. You know what I think, and this is a little cynical, being a product of the traditional medical community, you know, orthopedists and, you know, and spine surgeons and all the, oh, no, 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 that that won't work. And they want you to follow their path. Oh, no, you have to have surgery. You don't need this to correct your feet. You know, that's what I think. That's what I say, because they controlled everything. And then here comes you with an innovative idea out of the box. And Delilah, how often have we had conversations about no matter what it is, oh, this is out of the box, and people people don't, they feel uncomfortable with it. They, they won't accept it in the beginning, right? Well, that's quite true. And I, I think you see that very often in a lot of different fields where people tend to get complacent and, and they tend to, you know, it works this way, let's just leave it alone kind of an attitude. And when you get that way, you don't come up with forward-thinking ideas um, such as what Billy came up with and and many right. other people out there. Um, I, I think the whole world of adaptive clothing is exploding. Um, at least I've seen a lot of things written about it. Um, I've seen a lot of different designers, such as Tommy Hilfiger, has a whole line of adaptive clothing for children and adults. So people are recognizing that there is a market. There's a market, and it's all you know. It's all there again. It's it's about making money. Um, however, it's also solving a huge problem for a big part of our population. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Oh, yeah. Well, I know I could use that too. Now, when we're talking about apparel, now, Billy, I know you have apparel with your logo, but you you don't at this present time produce adaptive clothing, correct? It's just you have Billy, you know, vests or jackets and all of that, right? Right. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, at this, as it is right now, we just have um, we have some hats, we have some t-shirts, we have some some sweatshirts. They're all brand related. Um, we'll right. have more branded product coming out, um, hopefully the end by the end of this year, and then certainly in the spring of twenty one. But going beyond that, when we start talking about um, you know apparel that's more adaptive related, we have not crossed that bridge yet. Um, I certainly would not rule it out. I think we will get there. We just haven't um, we just haven't tackled that beast quite yet. Okay, I was because I was you know sometimes it's like better to to stick with what you do in excellence to try to you know I watch too much of Shark Tank you know but <laughs> better than to expand into all these other areas and maybe not do as well. But if that's on, which I was going to ask you you know what, at the end what's on your horizon? So maybe that is. Um, one other thing 
thing I was wondering about, you know, because I, I just like to have sort of the backstory because it's always so interesting. What is, um, is there anything in your, in the continuum of growth here that has, has really kind of blown your mind and surprised you? Like you, you thought you and your co-founder thought you had it figured out, but then it's like, oh my God, we never anticipated this. Is there, is there some element of surprise there? Wow, yeah, definitely. I mean, I can certainly think of a number of examples. Um, well, what's, what's, what's one or two that you can get? Yeah, well, no problem. Yeah, so one is, I mean, just talking about uh, braces, like AFOs. You know, when, yeah. when we first launched the brand, we, I knew nothing about AFOs. I mean, I, I, didn't even, I wasn't even familiar with the term. Um, I was not familiar with orthotic braces. It was something that just never landed on our radar. And uh, it just turned out that the same type of functionality that I was looking for to being able to drop my foot in just lends itself perfectly for those that also wear braces. So that was one that really surprised us, um, going like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, wow, there's a whole other audience out there that can really, really grab a hold of the um, – I guess, of, of, of the functionality aspects of the shoe that can really be beneficial. So that, that, was, yeah. that was one early on that uh, surprised us. And then also just kind of receiving feedback um, from the AFO user community, um, just incorporating various design elements. Like, for example, our shoes used to have glue-down inserts. Like, the inserts used to be glued down to the midsole. But we received a, quest, a request saying, like, hey, you know, if you – if you make those removable, it'll be a lot easier for us. Like, okay, that sounds right. good. So it was just a phone call to the factory saying, hey, don't move those down anymore. And it, just like that, the change was made, and we haven't gone back, which is, which is really cool. So, so, I mean, that, that type of stuff surprised us. But also other things that surprised us is um, just the power of grassroots growth and uh, the power of social media and the power of being able to – just the power of word of mouth. I mean, be able to tell a story and then all of a sudden other people repeat the story and it goes on and on and on because our brand got a lot of attention at the end of September, the end of 2018. There was a mom that had a really positive experience at Nordstrom. She went home, she made a social post and uh, within three days time, that social post had been shared 280,000 times. So wow. uh, when you have a social post that's shared like that in a viral type condition, um, yep. it really is remarkable how many people find out about you. And that got our brand a lot of attention, which then generated sales, which then allowed us to be able to expand. So, I mean, mm-hmm. as a business owner, the trick is being able to create something sustainable and to be able to create something that can grow to be able to add more value to the customer. So it's been really, really neat to have such a, um, such a supportive community be able to allow us to grow and to be able to add more value. Yeah, that's incredible goal going viral. Well, well, like I say, in my, in my my little way, I will continue to support you because these, you know, both fashion and function, they're working very well for me, and I've only had them a couple of weeks. So, yeah, that's that's incredible. I just think, you know, you you have really hit upon something that, you know, it's you know, here's one other example. I have these. Um, crutches that are made by well, it used to be another uh, hospital administrator that invented these that um, are ergonomic and are spring loaded and take take weight off your joints. And as compared to the 1940s style 
wooden crutches or the loft strands that are those little cuff things that you catch your clothing on. And that was another, oh, my God, huge moment in the milestones for disability communities. So I think, you know, you, you, to me, you, you are the latest and greatest in terms of, you know, what, what needs to be done um, today and, and to be able to capture that non-disabled population and also do the medical community, um, you know, I, I just think you will be busy for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know? Well, I hope so. Uh, really. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, you, gotta, you know, you got to support your family. Yeah. Well, can I, can I, 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 go ahead, Delayla. I was just going to ask, you know, Billy, earlier you had mentioned that they were available at Nordstrom's. Are there other retail outlets that carry your, your shoes? Or I, I think you can also order from your website, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah, billyfootwear.com, um, that will have the greatest assortment of shoes. Um, next up would be Zappos.com, and Zappos pretty much has all of our shoes. Nordstrom also carries our shoes in select Nordstrom stores. They're not in all the Nordstrom stores, but uh, it, Nordstrom Online also carries. But, uh, you know, other, um, other e-commerce areas um, in the Midwest, we have Von Mauer and Shields. They've been um, awesome partners. And then we have, a lot of, we have a lot of independent stores. I mean, on our site – there's a there's a tab at the very top called store locators. So if you go to billyfootwear.com and look at store locators, you can definitely see a lot of the places that there are stores out there that carry the shoes. But the cool thing about it too is a lot of them are domestic, but we've also had a really, really exciting, growing international presence. So we now have partners in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Spain, the UK, Germany, um, Switzerland, France, Netherlands, uh, Poland, wow. Slovenia. I probably missed one in there, but it's just been really – oh, Argentina, Chile. Um, just It's just been exciting. I mean, all these guys are reaching out going, hey, I'd love to be able to carry your shoes. We're not reaching out to them. They're reaching out to us, and we're accommodating their need. And uh, it's just been really, really fun to be able to grow the team to be able to reach that many more people. That is fantastic. Bill, now, what if, is it, if, wow, go ahead. Just one second, and then I'll be done. No, with go ahead. It. Um, no, no, what no, if no. someone needed time. something custom made? Do you do custom work? So, we get that question a lot, and that's a really good one. Um, at this point, no, we, we don't have, we don't have the ability to do custom work. Um, that would be a long-term goal for us to be able to get to. I think in order to get there, we would have to have our, like our own sample room and be able to make the shoes on our own as it is right now. Uh, we have um, third party manufacturers that, that make the shoes. Um, Cause typically when you order a pair of shoes, you can't just order one pair on our side. It, there's minimums. So the minimums typically start at about 1200 pairs. So if you're going to open up like a new shoe, that's a red high top, you have to make sure you can sell 1200 of them. Well, that's an incentive right there to sell those shoes. Yeah, but right. what about what about a return policy? If if someone mm-hmm. orders the shoes off of your website and it just doesn't work for them, what what is your return policy? Yeah, it's a great question. So we do have 
uh, we do have we do accept returns um, on our site. We try to make it as easy as possible for the customer. Um, there's actually an automated returns portal. So if they order a pair of shoes from BillyFootwear.com, they receive the receive the shipment. They try the shoes on. They end up not fitting. Um, they just need to put them back in the box and uh, back in the shoe box, and then back in the shipping box, and um, just uh, you know call up their order on the automated returns portal. And um, if it's domestic, they'll get a shipping label to send it back to us um, free of charge. If it's international, um, the customer will have to pay for the the shipping back to the company, but yeah, we're we're very open to returns. We just uh, we just want to make sure the shoes are still in an as new condition, so uh, we can sell them to the next person. But wouldn't it be good to like I talk to you personally about what I should be getting, what size, and all that, and you had me measure because I had braces. You shouldn't just if you're not sure. Is is the customers are the is the customer service side trained sufficiently to recommend what what that particular person needs or should should try? Oh, absolutely, most definitely. So uh, we we do have a couple of helpful tools on the site to be able to, you know, empower the customer. Um, one is a sizing chart, and two is a sizing help video. So oftentimes, what we do is we encourage the customer to take a look at that first, and um, just to see if they can figure it out. And uh, but we're always open if someone wants to send us an email or. We have a phone number that people can call and they can check in to just get some uh, sizing confirmation before they make their purchase. Because, I mean, it, it's in the, the customer experience is a little bit better if you know ahead of time the shoes are going to fit. But in addition, um, you know, when you receive your package, you're so excited to try them on. I mean, it's always such a bummer when they don't <laughs> fit. So taking that extra step yeah. to be able to make sure they will fit, that's a good step to do. I'm thinking this would be about I, – I think they should – order it direct from you because you also, and I haven't taken advantage of this yet, you also have a rewards program, right? And We do. So if you order, yeah. right? So I would rather than, I mean, there's, you know, it, you have good, good retail partners, but if you want to sign up for a rewards program, that's one benefit. Are there other ones to getting them from you directly? Right. Well, let's just talk about the rewards program, and I'm glad you brought that up. It's something that oftentimes you don't get the opportunity to talk about. Yeah, so through BillyFootwear.com, we do have a rewards program. So with each purchase, um, the dollar value generates points, which goes against or which um, can be cashed in for a, a large discount code against your next purchase. But there's also a lot of ways to earn points. I mean, one, you can follow us on social media. So if you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, our YouTube channel, Pinterest, um, all of those generate points for you. Just having an awards account generates points. And uh, we even have um, a points reward for your birthday. So if you sign up and put oh. in your birthday, you'll get 200 points when you, uh, when you become one year more mature. <laughs> uh, uh, Christmas Eve, better sign me up. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's I forgot right. your birthday was for Christmas. <laughs> that's right. Well, my, I guess I should get another pair of shoes then. But uh, no, <laughs> I, and you know, I I think that I think that's great. So I'm going to have to delve into that more. I just haven't had a chance. Um, one other thing before we sort of digress into our other topic areas, because this, you know, we're just free flowing here, which is great. Um, how, you know. You, how is your factory operation 
going and doing with this increased demand? Well, how does that work? Is it out of Seattle or what's, you know, what, how, how's everything going with regard to that aspect? And do you see yourself just continually growing, you know, to be able to produce more? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So our manufacturing is overseas. Uh, we have, we're talking to, um, right now we're just in, um, we manufacture out of China and they, like, they have the ability to ramp up. I mean, for us to all of a sudden say like, Hey, you know, we wanted 10,000 pairs and also we want hundred thousand pairs. That's no problem whatsoever to be able to scale to that, to that level. Because when you start dealing with like, I mean, for example, like Nike or Converse or Vans or, I mean, they are manufacturing a lot of shoes. So, relatively speaking, to, compared to how many shoes we're manufacturing compared to those guys, we're very, yeah. very small in the industry. But we're growing. We're growing. I mean, our our growth over the last couple of years has been exponential. So, every year, it's almost like a double, double, double. So, uh, we're definitely ramping up. And um, our manufacturing, um, our factory connections are well-equipped to meet that demand. That's wonderful. Then you're all set up and you're you're prepared for for future growth. Um, so it sounds like you're going to be around for a long time, Billy. That's great for people like me and everybody else. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit. We had talked about when I called you about shoes, and then I mentioned another problem. And although we were trying to problem solve that as well, I know you've had some very interesting travel adventures. I am looking into getting a three wheeled adult bicycle and um with the pandemic and not being able to have physical therapy and not having a place to store it where I particularly live there are all kinds of issues and now it's a rehab goal and I might be getting some help here but you know you listen to my my tale of sorrow (laughs) and you tried (laughs) to come up with an idea as well but why don't we talk a little bit about that beyond the shoe level? I mean, some of the challenges, like I know you you must have to travel overseas with your factory and all of that. What what kind of things can you relate to us in terms of challenges and, you know, just being more mobile other than shoes? Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, those are definitely fun topics to talk about. Um, yeah, I remember when you were talking about your bicycle and, I guess in my mind, it was giving me visuals of, you know, being on travel, whether it be within the States or abroad. Um, In each case, you know, when you you end up in that city, you're always looking for something to do. So being the tourists and stuff going around, it's always, um, sometimes it can be rather interesting looking at it through the lens of someone that's in a wheelchair. Some areas that are, are very accessible and other areas just aren't accessible because, one, perhaps they haven't done the, um, the modifications, but two, I mean, some of these historical areas that are just like old, I mean, it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. It's like, that's, that's way before wheelchairs were around. So um, it, it, it can definitely get interesting. And I know that traveling itself, just to get to the airport, through the airport, um, onto the plane, off the plane transportation, when you're in your, your various uh, towns that you're visiting, um, that all kind of comes into play, and uh, it can take a lot of planning on the front end to try to get through that successfully. So I, I'm not sure. I mean, um, certainly traveling within the States, it's a little bit easier because for the most part, things are more accessible than than other parts of the world. Yeah. Um, I can Forget think about Europe. being in. 
Well, yeah, I mean, Europe can get tough. With I mean, all of their so churches example, like, and his, yeah. Yeah, so Paris, for example, I mean, Paris is an absolute beautiful, beautiful town, but to try to ride the rail, um, like the, the train system within Paris, it's really challenging to actually get to the train itself. But then when you get to the actual museum, it's very easy to get inside the museum. That's all accessible. So, you know, it's kind of that interesting balance between it's easy to get to the, it's easy to get around the tourist areas, but it can be challenging to get to the tourist areas. Right, so. because uh, from the architectural standpoint, maybe they think of that particular building they're they're making, but they don't think about how to get there, like you say, right? Um, you know, I I can think of another example. I was at a a medical, a di- I had a diagnostic test, and it's a brand new building. And not to call out Myrtle Beach, but I have to say that the South is way behind the Northeast in comparison to that. But this is a brand new building. And I walked in there with my crutches, and, you know, I had my braces on, and I was carrying something. Well, the doors are heavy, those big mahogany, fancy wooden doors. No, um, no electric doors. To, to open them for elderly people or people with disabilities. I'm like, I said, why don't you have this? This is a brand new. Oh, well, that's because the office managers and the doctors picked out what they wanted. And can you imagine, Billy, the, the doctors didn't even think about putting automatic doors on this brand new, you know, 2000, 2020 building. I just couldn't believe that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're right, though. Those doors can get heavy. They can get really heavy. Yeah, and if you're carrying something, you have balance issues like me. But, I, you know, I walk into a place, and I can immediately spot the red flags, and I perpetually see where architects architects never never consult people with disabilities when they make these things. I'm, I'm convinced of it. You know, they don't. They just, you know, what's the minimum standard for ADA right now? And, and we'll do that, or you know, or it's just about the money, and it's not about again your shoes. The the, the it, it looks like a pretty building, but does it function right? Right, right. It, you know, I, I I love that you're talking about that because the the whole concept of universal design, um, it reminds me of. So when we started using the term universal design in our shoes. I was first introduced to that term through architecture and through buildings and being able to go into a space that works well for me as a wheelchair user, for someone that may be on a cane, for someone that um, may not be able to walk short, like walk long distances, but also someone that really doesn't have any disability whatsoever, but we can all share this space and be successful in the same space. So it's just a lot of thought process going into the actual design of the building and how it flows and how it functions to make it, you know, really usable, not necessarily accessible for all, but usable for all. And um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's cool to see buildings that really nail it. But then when there's other buildings, it's like, man, I wish you would have gone just a little bit farther. That would have been really cool. But uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of it just has to do with continuing to, you know, have open dialogue and open discussion and, um, you know, to be able to provide that kind of feedback for future buildings, just just keeping people in mind that, like, a little bit more open layout, it really does help everybody. 
Yeah, I guess that kind of is that follow the trend when you watch home and garden TV, like everybody wants the open concept with the kitchen and the sight lines thing way out to the to the to the back porch. And, you know, I want to be able to see my kids while I'm cooking dinner, that whole thing, the sight lines and everything being open. Well, and I think there are some um, when I was looking into doing my my research for my blogs, there are a few like hospitals and, you know, you know, the typical nurses stations, uh, cause I lived through, you know, 62 surgeries in my life and I've been a product of those. And I think they're also like doing universal designs when it comes to, if you have to have hospital stays, I mean, I don't know, are you familiar with any of that? You know, I don't keep up with that stuff, but I definitely can visualize what you're talking about. I mean, having the sight lines yeah. and having, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems like a much more inviting um, environment for people to be able to navigate through when it's more of an open concept. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we're talking about function, too, we'll use the automatic doors. Um, mothers with pushing strollers, you know, the, the oh, grocery yeah. store. When you're, all of those things. It doesn't have to be, you know, and I um, – you know, I, I perpetually see all these other people that it, quote, wasn't designed for being able to use use them functionally. And, I mean, I don't know. Delilah, just asking you offhand, is there is there any particular outside design you can think of that, that you use that's convenient for you that was made for, you know, curb cuts or, rather than walking in high heels and maybe breaking your high heels on stepping down on a curb? I mean, I think we're used to certain certain conveniences now but again they don't always go as far as we need to right well i don't wear high heels anymore Donna. <laughs> so that, I know that's not an issue for lady. me anymore <laughs> but back in the day back in the day actually yeah. when i did uh you know years ago in my career i wore heels every day but it was it's really easier for me anyway to just step off the curb rather than go you know, down through the curb cut, but I, I understand what you're saying. And I'm, you know, one of the reasons I purchased the home that I did when I did 20 some years ago was that it's all on one floor. Um, you know, with so mm-hmm. many homes being built now, uh, two oh, and yeah. three floors actually were, where my neighborhood is. And I look at those and I think, you know, how, I don't know how they do it. Um, Again, I'm I'm happy to be all on one floor, and um, it I I just have one step down out to my carport, and I'm I'm ready to go. So, you know, I think when people are looking for a home, especially, you kind of have to think about how long are you planning to live there, and what are the possibilities of your health and you know your aging process within those years. And I'm I'm very pleased that you know at the time I bought it, I wasn't thinking like that, but now um, I'm just happy to be on one floor, and not having to climb steps every day. Yeah, I I couldn't do that either, and I know those pretty buildings you're talking about because there's some right around the corner from me and they're they're the second floors even though they have nice garages which I would like but you know it's it's too impractical and um you know I'm just thinking you know Billy I live in this big condo complex and they were built in the late 80s and god forbid if I 
couldn't be mobile and I had to be in a wheelchair, I couldn't, I'd have to go to assisted living and I will be looking into where I go next, even though it's hopefully far away because the doors aren't, the doors aren't wide enough. So I won't be able to stay here if I, if I had to be in a wheelchair. Unfortunately, it's a beautiful condo right on the eighth hole with a pond and I love it. But, you know, there comes a point in time and, you know, they, they just, it, they do the minimum possible, um, you know, in the particular era that, that they built these things. So it, it's incumbent upon us to be that forward thinking, like Delilah was saying, and then, and then, okay, well, you know, did they make the, these changes from the 80s to the 90s and the 90s to the 2000s? Um, I don't know. You shouldn't have to always be thinking that way, but I, I guess we, as people who are aging or those with disabilities, we all, that's always in the back of my mind. You know, like, how long am I going to be able to stay here? So you, ever, you have to be ever vigilant, uh, you know, so that you can be as functional as you can, right? I agree. I totally agree, for sure. You know, it's interesting because the spaces that are easier to navigate, I mean, if you had a set of stairs and a ramp right next to it, um, I want to say statistically people are going to take the ramp over the stairs because it's the path of least resistance. So having spaces that are easier to navigate, um, you know, it really does work better for everybody. So it's like it's in your best interest to design that in. Yeah, and, you know, no, we, we don't go backwards. We age. So if you're you're moving here to this beautiful tourist area in Myrtle Beach or Virginia Beach or Florida and are like, oh, okay, I'm – maybe I'm 45 and, you know, but, but then you might be there when you're 75, um, you know, they're probably not, not, not thinking along those lines, but the builders should be building because more and more people of my age and older are moving here. And that's what the the architects are be thinking, you know, more forward thinking in terms of we need to meet the needs of the demographic. Not not how many how many little salt box homes can we squeeze into you know that square footage I guess. <laughs> I, you yeah, know, I, I don't know. I Is totally Seattle agree. the same way there, Billy, in terms of people moving in or moving out? I mean, I don't know. Um, I I haven't been to Seattle and met. I mean, I love it, but I haven't been there in many years. Is that a really a, a, a growth city too, or you know, um, what's going on there as a city? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, Seattle is definitely a growing city for sure. I mean, there's a there's a lot of Amazon um, headquartering um, in downtown. Uh-huh. So because of that, there's a lot of a lot of high rises that are replacing old buildings. Um, so all those high rises are going to be, you know, set up with the most current um, the current laws with the lots of open space with elevators and wide hallways and to be able to accommodate. Plus all the curb cuts on the outside to be able to navigate and the public transportation. So that's really exciting. Uh, when you get outside of the, the downtown, you do get into more of the, you know, the older residential homes, um, right. which are, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of when that was built and really like the the slope of the hillside. But uh, I, I would I would consider Seattle a very accessible city. I mean, it really is. There's certainly areas that can do better, but in general, I would say it's very accessible. So are you situated in like a a factory style building or a, an office complex or what's what's your 
physical setup where you report to work. Okay. Yeah. So we have a um, we have an office building that, or we rent an office building about 30 minutes south of Seattle, and this office yeah. building here is it's all one one floor, um, and uh, it doubles as both office and warehouse. So all orders that we have coming in through BillyFootwear.com, we satisfy them outside of this office. Now, when it comes to my living oh, wow. situation, um, we live in downtown Seattle, and we're in a uh, a condo complex that uh, has mm-hmm. an elevator, and it's, it's very easy to navigate. Yeah, thank God for the elevator. I'm on the second floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that's absolutely great. Um, I just wondered, because we have, we have a couple of minutes remaining, about three or so, is there anything in particular that you wanted to mention to our audience or leave us with? I mean, other than your contact information and all, because I know there will be some interest generated in wanting to get in touch with you, but what have – for, for this episode, and you know, we could we could do others in the future if you're interested. What what would you like to leave us with today? Yeah, well, well, first off, I mean, just thank you so much for the opportunity. I mean, it's always so great to be able to share our story and just uh, hear the stories of others. I mean, I always get so much enjoyment out of that. Um, but mm-hmm. also, just to you know, highlight about the brand. I mean, it, it's just I, I think about. Um, you know, I, I did not grow up in an entrepreneurial family. I mean, my my family was very focused on the, go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a good job, and uh, then save money and then retire. And to be able to be an entrepreneur right now doing something that I love, which started from somewhat of a tragic um, accident, which has then kind of, you know, spun a little bit to be able to add value. It's just been awesome to be able to, you know, see the support that's rallied around this project, seeing our personal team um, on this end continue to grow, to be able to hire more people, to be able to meet the need, and uh, to be able to get the word out there. I mean, our brand is really rooted in adding value, and we, we truly want to make a measurable difference in the world one foot at a time. So I just thank you for us, for me being able to be a part of this podcast today, to be able to share that mission. Oh, you're 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 more than welcome. And just I just thought of a fleeting question. Because do you have a number of employees that have disabilities who are very driven to helping helping you? Um, we do. Yeah, most definitely. We definitely yeah. do. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm I'm very glad to hear that. Well, give us give us some contact information, and we're we're going to be. And I think I sent you the link via email for this podcast. If you could be so kind as to share that, and I'm going to try to look for your. Is it weekly Facebook uh, lives you you do every week? For I do. Yeah, it's called op- coming yep. out. It is, yep, it's called it's called Open Book. It's on Wednesdays, and uh, it's on our Facebook page, and our handle there is at Billy Footwear, which is the same for both Instagram and YouTube. Our website is BillyFootwear.com, and if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us by email at info at BillyFootwear.com. Wonderful. Delilah, do you have any um, other questions um, before we wind this up? I think we've answered all the questions, but it's always a pleasure to have you on, Billy, and it's always a pleasure to talk with you and get all of the information that um, that you have, and kudos to you for a job well done. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And, uh, let's, let's keep in touch, Billy, okay? Will do. Thank you again. All right. 
Thank you so much, and have a great day. So this will close out another brand-new 2020 edition of Shattered Lives Radio with Lady Justice and uh, Imagine Publicity. Looking forward to uh, a few others in the future. So everyone, take care, and have a great day. Thank you, Delilah.